Super Talk Mississippi media production. Find your new ride at Kia McCombs all-new location at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Come find out why McComb loves Kia McComb at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Right on the corner, right on the price. It's a great time to live in Mississippi, and we're talking about it. Welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. A coast icon, a stalwart leader in coastal Mississippi, George Logel, passed away last Friday morning. On January the 20th, 2020, George Logel made his initial appearance on my show. You can see that show at the Ricky Matthews Facebook page. The show is really packed with wisdom. Everyone should watch it. But toward the end, I asked George, what is your legacy? How do you want to be remembered? He immediately says, I don't want to be remembered. I pushed. You're going to be remembered. You might as well influence that. George continued, I don't want to be remembered for as a personality. I want the things we get done to continue so that people can have the same opportunity I had as a youngster selling vegetables in West Gupport. He went on to say this, I believe our future is our young people. And if we can have an environment where they can flourish, not necessarily monetarily, but flourish of enjoying this paradise, and if I can have a little piece of that, even if I'm not identified with it, a little piece of making that happen, that's what I want. There's no doubt that George Logan will be remembered as one of the most significant community leaders in coastal Mississippi history. Now let's hear from friends of George. First up, my friend, the former mayor of Gulfport, Brent War. Well, I was happy to get to be able to speak about George in this very unhappy uh, situation. Uh, it goes without saying what a wonderful man he was and, and is to all of us. Uh, we loved him so much. Uh, I really began over the years to think of George as a brother and uh he certainly treated me that way, as he did all of us. Um, he was such an amazing person along the entire Mississippi Gulf Coast that um, it's hard to imagine what it'll be like without him. He, uh, of course, came in to work at the city after I left, and so much of uh, the opportunities that we had uh, that I was excited about when I was there he was able to just take forward and fulfill and, and take beyond what I had even hoped for. Um, and I always had complete confidence that he would do that. Literally, I've known George my entire life and uh, had such confidence in him um, from the get-go. What an amazing family he raised and uh, what a lovely uh, couple he and Peggy have always been. Such great role models to all of us. and. Uh, the entire family, they're just the, the best. It's hard to think of the Mississippi Gulf Coast without George Slogel, but it's uh, kind of pleasant to think about what heaven's like with him. George had a way to somehow or another always be the tallest person in the room and still look up to everyone that was there. And uh, he will be so missed. I think as long as we all just try to carry on and keep a little bit of his memory and his uh, quality of personality and his positive attitude in our lives, he'll always be with us. Uh, 
We love you, George. We'll miss you. What a beautiful thing to say about George Brent, always looking up to other people. Next, my friend Anthony Wilson, who's the president of Mississippi Power Company, shares a story about George that so many who knew him could tell. Uh, it's really my favorite George story. Uh, one day I was coming home from uh, Jackson, and I decided to stop in Wiggins and grab a bite to eat. And I stopped at the Sawmill Restaurant. It's one of my favorites. And I walked in, and there was George Slogel sitting there with a, a an elderly gentleman. And they invited me to sit down with him, and I did. And come to find out, this gentleman was actually a World War II veteran. And George met him somewhere along, along the way, and they became friends. And at this stage of this gentleman's life, he was really unable to, to drive anywhere or uh, do a lot on his own. So George, from time to time, would go pick him up, and they would go for long drives across the Gulf Coast. Uh, the gentleman obviously thought the world of, of George, and, and George felt the same about him. And they enjoyed each other's company. But I, I thought that that was just a, a great example of George Slogel. He invested in this, this hero, really, uh, but nobody knew he did it. He didn't want anybody to know he did it. He did it because it was the right thing to do. Uh, the two of them uh, had a kindred spirit, and it was uh, it was one of the best lunches I, I ever recall because I got to sit there and listen to them talk about different things that had happened in their lives, and I just thought, wow, what a what a gift that was given. Uh, to me that day to, to sit and listen to George and he do what he does across the Gulf Coast. So I'll just end by saying uh, something that he's not able to say right now. Um, he had a tremendous life and he would tell you that he couldn't have done any of it without Peggy. So my, my condolences to Peggy and the whole family. Uh, George Slogan was a great man. What a beautiful story to tell about George Slogel, Anthony. George really didn't care if people knew what he did. What a great lesson in leadership. Next up is my friend Jerry St. Pei, who is actually in Europe at this time. Uh, Jerry sent this from there. Uh, he's a longtime community leader and the former CEO of English Shipbuilding. This is short and sweet, but it's so powerful. George Slogel was a true shining beacon of public service, leading and lighting the way to the best interests of the Gulf Coast and all of Mississippi. We are a better people and a better place because of George Slogel. Jerry, that is so beautiful. And he's right. G George was a beacon. Like the Ship Island Lighthouse, George helped to rebuild. He lighted the way for so many of us uh, to have sort of a vision going forward. Next up is my dear friend and my mentor, Roland Weeks. Ricky, thank you very much for including me in this opportunity to recognize George Slogel for all of the things that he accomplished in his lifetime. Uh, he was my friend, 
I'm very happy to say that he was a friend for many, many years, uh, over 50. Uh, the front page that ran in the Sun-Herald, uh, the online comments that uh, followed, and the obituary were all wonderful statements about his accomplishments. They were powerful, but the good thing is that they were not overstated. George did all of the things that were stated there. He accomplished all of the things miraculously that he was credited for doing. I met George uh, over 50 years ago. Uh, we've been friends for all of those years. Uh, I am happy uh, to say that, that uh, again, uh, over the years, he was an outstanding man, again, my friend. He was a citizen for all Gulf Coast communities up and down the Mississippi Gulf Coast, and an all-around, one more time, a good man. That's beautiful, Roland. It's only fitting that George Slogel and Leo Seal and Lucy Marion Roberts and others were part of the inaugural class of the Sun-Herald Leadership Program that I created when I became publisher of the Sun-Herald. And inducting them into the Roland Weeks Hall of Fame was my way of honoring Roland, but George was in that initial class. Next up is Dave Dennis, who is standing at a cathedral in France that George and Peggy loved uh, during their many uh, travels around the world. Honored is to offer a couple of comments about my dear friend George Slogel. We lost a true leader, a man that was a leader among leaders, a man that truthfully gave the coast a vision, gave it the creativity, and, and gave it a blueprint and candidly a pathway to get to where it needed to be. It is a privilege to be able to make a couple of comments about someone that I personally consider to be a friend, and and indeed a friend, indeed an unconditional friend, a person that was beyond friendship, a person that was a confidant and an advisor, a person that was a visionary for the coast. George loved the coast of Mississippi. He loved Gulfport, Mississippi. From the time he was a child, he wanted to be mayor. And of course, he pursued a career at Hancock Bank. But not only did he do the Hancock Bank and do a full career within the community, George was an influence. He was he was a force within the state of Mississippi and much beyond, not only in the banking community, but certainly within the, the realm of the JCs and many, many other organizations that he led. I knew him as a friend. I'm standing outside of Paris, France right now in Chartres, France, and I was asked to perhaps offer a couple of words. The cathedral behind me is in Chartres, about an hour outside of Paris, a place that George and Peggy often visited. They would visit France. They took a lot of trips with Father Louis. They did many, many things that enriched their lives and enriched the lives of those around them. For anyone that had the opportunity to know George, that simply had the pleasure and the privilege of being around him, you're a better person. You're a person that learned how to deal with people, how to understand problems, and how to cope with the future. George was a rarity. He is, he is certainly someone that in our lifetime was a gift to the coast of Mississippi. Not only just a blessing, but he was a gift to the coast of Mississippi and he was a, a pure gift to mankind itself. So George Slogel, thank you for all you've meant to me personally, for all you've meant to the coast of Mississippi and particularly Gulfport. And until we meet again, my friend, safe travels and I will see you on the other side. God bless and thank you for the chance of knowing you, George. 
What a beautiful tribute, Dave, uh, to our dear friend. You can just see how Dave how uh, Dave talks about George touching people. More tributes to George Slogan after this break. for Mississippi is why he's here. This is the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to our special tribute for the show to our friend George Slogan. Next up is uh, George's longtime friend, Lenny Sawyer. They were actually childhood friends. George Slogan. First of all, I knew George back in around 1952 when I was seven years old and I was staying with my grandmother, Miss Roy Anderson Sr. at her house on Woodward Avenue. And I heard a bell ringing and the reason we could hear is we didn't have air conditioning back in those days. And I heard this man hollering, fresh vegetables, fresh vegetables. And that was George's daddy. and. They would pull up with a wagon and horse in front of my grandmother's house, and she would holler down and tell Mr. Slogan what she would like, and George would bring it up, and she would pay her. And then after that, every day, I was looking for the horse and buggy. And later on, as I grew up on Woodward, we were blessed with a lot of boys, and we had neighborhood football, neighborhood basketball, neighborhood baseball, and George would always pick me because I was four feet tall and four feet wide. I got involved with George in the Junior Chamber of Commerce, the JCs, and George and I became a lot closer and we started doing business together. George and I did business over 40 years and never, ever, ever had a written document between the two of us. We bought property in Beaver Creek, Colorado and had real estate out there, which we used when we went skiing and taking our families for over 40 years. George and Peggy were the most wonderful partners and friends we've ever had. They tra- we did a lot of traveling together and a lot of great memories. I will miss my older brother, George Slogan, and I will look after Peggy and her family as long as I'm here. Thank you, Lenny. That's so beautiful. And you can just hear Lenny's deep love for George. Gosh, so sweet. Next up, the mayor of the of Moss Point, Billy Knight. It's short and sweet again, but speaks to how George reached out and made sure leaders across the coast knew he was there for them. Hi, I'm Billy Knight, mayor of Moss Point. I had Mr. Slogan on my television program with WROX when he was a banker and again when he became mayor of Gulfport. In 2013, my wife and I was honored to be selected along with he and his lovely wife to be on the front cover of Self Mississippi Living Magazine. I saw he and his wife again at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College when I became mayor at his sympathy concert. He gave me his card at that time and he said, Mayor, if you need anything from me, don't hesitate to call. 
Well, you know, God don't make them like that anymore. When he made Mass Logal, he broke the mold. Mass Logal, the Gulf Coast is going to miss you. I'm going to miss you. Rest in peace, my friend. You know, Billy Knight, Mayor Billy Knight, often says that he is planting trees that he will never see the shade from. I think that also describes George Slogan extremely well. Now, my friend and the current mayor of the city of Gulfport, Billy Hughes. We believe that faith in God gives meaning and purpose to human life, that the brotherhood of man transcends the sovereignty of nations, that economic justice can best be won by free men through free enterprise that government should be of laws rather than of men, that Earth's great treasure lies in human personality, and that service to humanity is the best work of life. That's the J.C. Creed, and it was an organization that George Schlogel was involved with early on in his career. And quite frankly, knowing the man, that's a creed he could have written because he lived every line of it, uh, tried to guide and lead by example. Uh, folks... You know, we're all reflecting back at his unexpected passing. Of course, somebody who's been part of a community life for as long as anybody can remember and such an involved part of it, we can't imagine uh, Gulfport and the coast at large without some aspect of George Slogan just showing up, being present, being around, lending advice, mentoring somebody. Uh, his Success as a businessman, uh, president of Hancock Bank, uh, it's all well documented. Uh, a lot of awards, too numerous to mention, and certainly he didn't do things for the accolades. He really loved where he lived, and he loved the people who he got to interact with and engage with. George loved being engaged, uh, whether it was behind the scenes or leading uh, an organization or some sort of initiative. Uh, he believed in what was possible. How do we move forward? How do we elevate the opportunities for folks, particularly Mississippians? Uh, but he was proud of where he came from. Uh, and it showed in the way he was ever present. And it's going to be kind of hard to imagine Gulfport without George around. But I can tell you his, his legacy and his influence uh, will go on for generations. And uh, we're, we're fortunate to see how things are supposed to be done through the example of somebody like George. He always saw the bigger picture and tried to bring folks along um, uh, to to seeing a better way to do things, but really a more collective way to do things, that uh, knowing we're better together. He showed a lot of resilience and led us through uh, calamities back in from Camille through Katrina. And again, it's uh, how he conducted his affairs. And so we're very fortunate to have the example that he uh, left all of us and um, uh, provided advice selflessly to us, whether it's through the chamber, whether it's through the bank, whether it's just through service in the city as mayor. He lived as full a life as anybody I know. He and Peggy loved to travel. And what they found abroad, what they saw, the ideas they gained, they brought them back and tried to apply them here and see what might work and what might not, but uh, always trying and seeking new horizons and, um, and leaving things better than he found them. And so with, with George Slogan, there's so much ground to cover and words do not suffice to show the appreciation for the influence he had in representing this coastal community. He was our ambassador. He was our local historian. Um, but it was all driven by his, not just pride, but his love for this region, this community. But his understanding helped us uh, move forward collectively 
And uh, I'm just hopeful that, uh, and I think know that he would be most proud if we could take that uh, to the next step. And what we learn, how we come together collectively um, and take leadership roles um, are, are driven by much of the example that George Slogo has provided to us. Peggy, uh, we're grateful for you giving of yourself. You and George showed great generosity from everything, uh, from your time, your talents, your gifts, the symphony, uh, the arts, uh, just any community celebrations and initiatives and even needs at the state and national level. Uh, so that's a sacrifice that you have made as well uh, and given your husband to us. So we thank you and we're very grateful. Um, but again, uh, this is a somber time, for, but it is a celebration of a most wonderful and full life. And I am just proud to have called George a friend, had him as a mentor and uh, work alongside him as a leader, trying to make this place better than we found it. So God bless and thank you. So powerful. Thank you, Billy. I really appreciate that. <clears throat> and now my friend and my partner in the community, the chairman and the president of Hancock Whitney, John Harrison. So the subject is George Slogel. Um, I don't know that I could cover in five hours all the teachings and things that I loved about my old friend George, much less five minutes, but I'll, I'll cover some highlights. And, you know, since he passed Friday morning, I've had a number of opportunities to share just little tidbits about George's life and loves and things he was passionate about. And I've tried not to duplicate any of it um, so that when taken as a, a aggregated body of work, so to speak, um, it told uh, the story of uh, of George from the eyes of someone who knew him as a child, and now knew him as a as a senior. And so, um, uh, there's so many memories to cover; it's hard to pick them. But but I'll I'll do my best. Um, there are others that'll be part of uh, today's show that will be more eloquent than I'm capable of being about George's impact on the state of Mississippi, the coast of South Mississippi, uh, the Grand Old Bank that he and I both had the pleasure of, of serving together at, um, uh, about his obligation to family and about friendship. And, and so I think that maybe the best use of my time is to share more about George the dad and, and George the, the hobbyist, uh, George the teacher, um, George, the husband and grandfather and great-grandfather, um, and, and George, the friend. Um, George was my friend for 45 years from when I was a child. Um, he's been my dear friend uh, and colleague for 33 years. And so we've spent a lot of time together as both of us changed phases in life and um, if I had to pick, you know, the one remarkable thing about George that was unique to other people that I've come across in all of my travels, and that is, uh, you've heard the adage of someone who never, who uh, never met someone that wasn't a friend. That was true for George, but what was so remarkable about him is that he was so sincere about it. Um, the first time you ever met him. Um, you know, there was the handshake, there was the, 
the smile, which was a contagious smile. Uh, but what was special uh, was that that uh, that little twinkle in his eye. You can't learn that. You either have it or you don't. And and George had it, and then some. And so between the shake, the smile, uh, the look on his face, and that twinkle in his eye. Uh, when you first met him, you couldn't help but like him. And I think the reason that you liked him so much was because he genuinely liked you. Um, he was passionate about people. He, he, uh, he wanted to get to know people um, as soon as he, uh, as he met them. And, and, it, and it wasn't, you know, the, the look wasn't, you know, when he studied you, it wasn't to, to figure out, um, you know, where you bought that shirt, how much you paid for it, or how much your watch cost, or, or what have you. He was looking for what was behind your eyes. Um, what were the, what was the essence of a person? Uh, where'd they come from? What was their background? What were they passionate about and loved about their life and the things that would make them happy with time? That's what he was interested in learning about people when he met them. And for some odd reason George felt compelled that once he understood what made a person uh, work, what made them you know, operate every day, that he tried to find what was it that he could do to help you. More on John Harrison's tribute of George Slogo after this break. Why we all love living in Mississippi. It's the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk 103.1. Welcome back to our tribute to George Schlegel. Uh, we're going to pick up where we left off with John Hairston sharing his thoughts about George Schlegel. You know, trust in relationships was very important to him. Um, you know, he carried a key. The key that Leo Seal gave George when he was 16 and came to work in the Hancock Bank mailroom in the basement of the eight-story building that was the headquarters then until he built a, a bigger headquarters building later on in his career. But he was 16, came to work in the mailroom, worked out in the basement, and Leo gave him a key to the mailroom because in those days, you had to start you know, very early in the morning, the first people there were the mailroom kids, and uh, they were all teenagers, and they were typically the last people to leave, and they were there putting statements out on the weekends, bank statements, I mean. And so when he got that key, um, he never he never let it go. He, he carried it with him his last day on this earth. All those years later, we're talking almost 70 years, he carried that key. And he didn't carry that key because he needed to get back in that old mailroom. That room is long gone. He carried the key because it symbolized someone's trust in him to take the responsibility seriously of carrying that key, of having access to it. From George's perspective, that was the key to the Situation Room in the White House in Washington, D.C. It was the most important key in the world because it was given to him. And so uh, he carried that all those years. When uh, when he retired and turned in all the real keys, um, he kept that key because it meant something, you know, different to him. Uh, uh, and, and, and I love that about him, that he carried that responsibility through the rest of his life. Um, he was a very enthusiastic and very passionate person. Um, everything he did was passionate. Um, if he raised flowers, he had to have a greenhouse. 
Um, if he had a couple of horses, he had to have a barn and pastures and have a lot of horses. Um, his, uh, uh, if he was going to snow ski, then he had to get the snow skis, and he actually tried snowboarding. In his 60s, he was trying to learn how to snowboard. Um, his family was a passion. Uh, he wanted a place for his family to get together and enjoy the water, particularly for grandchildren. So he bought uh, pretty much the only house that survived on the water out at uh, at uh, 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 in North Biloxi on the Shudica Buff. Um, uh, when he was going to build a fence, it had to be two layers deep, tall enough to keep horses from getting out, um, post, hole, uh, uh, post holes deep and post inside them. Uh, that were treated, and he had to put the fence up. When he was, I think, 76, he built himself a new fence around all the acreage that he had for his horse farm, and he wanted to do it himself. took him months, but he did it. Um, When he wanted to restore his old truck, he had to do every nut and every bolt and every washer to restore it. Um, Everything that he did, he was passionate about. You know, I remember in his later 70s, he wanted to take his grandchildren for a canoe trip. And he uh, he told me he was going to be out of town for a couple of weeks doing a canoe trip. And I'm thinking, you know, it shouldn't take two weeks to, you know, canoe down the Wolf River. I've done that in one day. And so when he came back, he was really sunburned. And I'd ask him, how did you get sunburned? He said, I went on a canoe trip. And I said, how could you get that burned uh, you know, paddling a canoe for a day or two. He would know we, we paddled down the Colorado River, the length of the Grand Canyon. He took his grandchildren in a canoe down the Colorado River. Now, remember, he had been retired from mayor by this time for seven or eight years. And so uh, um, that was just the way George was. Everything had to be um, – had to, he had to go all out and give it his best effort. And he never – ever did any of those things because he was trying to bring any credit back for himself. Uh, to him, it was just kind of the way that you operated. And so, you know, passion and love of life and the joy of life was the way that he lived. Um, he, he had a saying, I can still hear his voice in my ears as I say this, that when he would observe something that he thought was a particular sweet moment, he would uh, lean his head back and he would say, oh, sweet life, sweet life. Um, and I can remember a lot of those moments that we shared together when he would say that. Now, he loved the coast, loved everything about it. Um, he wanted everybody to enjoy it as much as he did. And when I first came to the bank as a consultant uh, 30 years ago, or maybe 33 years ago now, I was caught up in his love for the coast, um, the history of it, and the role of the Grand Old Bank in supporting the community and making sure the economy continued to be successful. Um, my last meeting I had with him before I went to Charlotte from here uh, was uh, was him saying, you know, the coast is in your blood. You're going to have to come back at some point. Don't wait too long with, with that baby girl, which is now my daughter, who's a, a doctor here in town. Um and uh, and sure enough, within six months, I was back with my wife and with my little girl to raise my kids. I raised two girls here on the coast um, because I I love it like like George did, and I got that love from George. Um, so I think it was maybe a little like that favorite movie of George's. He was a movie called The Green Mile, had Tom Hanks and um, oh, what was his name? He played the role of John Coffey. 
Michael Clark Duncan, huge guy, big muscular guy, played that role. And in that movie, um, uh, uh, the character of John Coffey reached out and shook the hand of the the uh, uh, the Green Mile guard, Tom Hanks. Um, and when he did, a spark of something inside John Coffey made its way to that security guard. And I think that was maybe the last handshake I had with George before I left all those years back in 1993 or two. And, uh, and when I left the office, all I could think about was getting back, um, getting back to raise my kids here, getting back to where I was raised myself, getting back to the bank, um, getting back to George. And so uh, what a terrific mentor and example he was for me, for thousands of colleagues, for other people who had an opportunity to to get to know him and to work with him and to see him lead uh, and to see him lead from a point of passion and love for preserving uh, the best things about where we live for generations to come. Um, you know, his living motto was, was carpe diem. If you've seen the Dead Poet Society, George loved movies. He loved them. Um, and uh, uh, when he was doing a lecture, he would often stand on a, a desk a little later in life, a chair, um, and uh, and tell the story of the uh, of that that scene in the Dead Poet Society. Um, but that was his living motto: was seize the day. Uh, d- don't wait till tomorrow. Seize the day. Um, and uh, he truly believed it. Uh, believed it up to the last day of his life. Uh, and uh, here I am, you know, recording this message on the 124th anniversary of the bank, um, thinking about saying goodbye one more time to my friend tomorrow and then the next day and regretting that he and I won't get the chance to plan the 125th next year together, which was our plan. And, you know, he always wanted to, uh, uh, he told me the story about a board member of his that was on his way to the hospital the very last time at the end of his life. And he said, I just want to drive by the bank one more time. And he did. And, and George said that on the last day of my life, uh, I want to, I want to feed my horses. Uh, I want to, uh, uh, see old friends drive by the bank one last time and, and, uh, go to sleep and, and not wake up next to my wife, Peggy. And that's how he went out was exactly on his terms. He had a retiree luncheon. That day, he went to the gym and worked out at 83, um, having been in the hospital a couple of weeks with pneumonia just three or four months ago, was in the gym the day that he passed, um, uh, and uh, uh, was out tooling around in the back of his house where the horses are. And and when he went to bed that night, um, he didn't wake up. At least he didn't wake up here. And so uh, it is with a, a great deal of sadness that I bid him goodbye and thank him for the difference he made in my life and my family's life in the in the history of our company. Um, he was larger than life, and I will miss him. So thanks, George, for everything. That was so powerful. Uh, I can tell you, John is a dear friend, and this was very, very difficult for John to do that tribute. Uh, he told me as we were backing forth about sort of getting the energy and getting sort of the emotional um, intelligence to be able to give this tribute, that when John's daughter died, George did the eulogy. And today, John does George's eulogy. And um, 
when you listen to that initial conversation I had with with George back in 2020, he tells the story about attracting John to come back to the bank. And it's a it's a just an incredible story about how leaders connect. Um, it reminds me of John Wesley and what he said: "Do all the good you can by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as you ever can." That was George Logan. Hey, when we come back on the other side, we're going to be joined by the former governor of the state of Mississippi, Haley Barber. Matthew show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to our special tribute to George Schlegel. And now I'll bring the former governor of the state of Mississippi, uh, my friend Haley Barber. Haley, you were present for most of the Sun Herald Leadership Award breakfasts. You were you came every year to help me honor uh, the the incredible leaders of coastal Mississippi. And that first class, Leo Seal, George Slogan, Lucy Marion Roberts, so many others. Um, it was just fitting that they were part of that first class. You've had so many interactions with George over the years, especially after Hurricane Katrina. You know, what thoughts do you have about George? Well, he's one of a kind. Uh, he, he was my, my wife, who is has been thrown together with Lord knows how many political leaders and business leaders. She always thought George Slogan was special. That he had a capacity for getting to the heart of the matter in a very effective way without seeming like he's trying to run over everybody. Uh, That's a talent. Uh, you know, Marsha came down to the coast 60, 70 of the 90, the first 90 days after Katrina. And one of the people she saw very, very often was George because she was looking for ways to help people that needed help but didn't know how to help themselves. And she found out pretty quick that George Slogan and Hancock Bank were ahead of her. That that they were figuring out how to uh, how to make people's money work. Uh, I I can remember they they put uh, tables out in front of each one of places where there was an ATM, and if people you know the ATMs didn't work because there's no electricity, and so people would come by there and they would learn pretty quickly. If they had a, a driver's license or a credit card that showed that they were from the coast, they would cash a check for them, even if they weren't a customer of the bank. And that's the kind of forward thinking that 
that uh, George had, and I remember he told me, uh, and John can confirm this, that almost all of the loans they made to people who were not bank customers, they almost all got paid. You know, that it was not a bad business deal for their customer, I mean, for their stockholders, but it was a wonderful thing for the community, their customers and those who weren't their customers. And that was a, that's kind of the way he always struck me as thinking. You know, we uh, had him as the chairman or one of the co-chairs of my uh, inaugural transition when I became governor. And he was part of my administration almost in some shape, form, or fashion, almost forever after. I mean, he was uh, part of the, the, the Barstale Commission, the uh, uh, rebuild, re, I, can't, I can't even remember the name of it. You know, it's, it's hard to believe it's been almost 20 years ago. Yeah, the yeah the governor's commission on rebuilding uh, uh, rebuilding. <laughs> Listen to me, I'm not even remembering exactly. <laughs> Recovery, rebuilding, and renewal. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah. I started to say it was hard to believe it's been that long, and then I look at the picture, and I'm white headed. Uh, I wasn't white headed at the time. <laughs> Yeah, George, George was present at the Sun-Herald less than a week after the storm when we had that meeting at the newspaper conference room. He was there with us. Well, he, he was all, almost any time there was a an important meeting, George Slogan will have been there. Uh, if it's a meeting about the church or if it's a meeting with the President of the United States, uh, and he and he performed appropriately and usually exquisitely in any instance. Yeah, he was he was a man. Uh, as John pointed out, he would travel around the world and find out ideas and bring them back to coastal Mississippi. He was his mind was constantly racing. He was driving for perfection. But you know, in a in a in a region like coastal Mississippi. The opportunity we had to have a leader like him who saw the big picture, who understood that this was an economic engine that was going to drive the state. Man, the, the importance of leaders like George and that understanding, I, I can't overstate that, can I? No, you can't. And in my lifetime, the coast went through two terrific disasters, Camille and uh, Katrina. And thank God you had people like George and like Jerry St. Pay and and you know there's a there's a list as long as my arm and you wouldn't touch half of them. But the, the, the coast uh, attracts good people. You know, I'm from Yazoo City and I'm from Mississippi, so I have pride in the pride in the coast, but it's undeniable. If you see the the people that come down there and serve at at the Air Force Base, how many of them come back, and how many of them want to to for their children to get to go grow up there and to go to school there, and uh, and you know, candidly, the coast really had a hard time after Camille. 
Uh, and, you know, all of us in the rest of the state knew it, and we didn't know what to do about it. Uh, and then uh, the good Lord gave us Katrina, which uh, was the worst natural disaster in American history. But it also, because of people like George Schlogel, made the coast recover the way we all wish it could have after Camille. Uh, and that was because not just George Slowell, but lots and lots of people like him. And and our congressional delegation really put sh- shoulder to the wheel in Washington. And the president, frankly, the president was bent over backwards everywhere he could to try to do as much as the law allowed for him to do. Uh, we didn't get everything we want. And uh, but what we did get is we got a plan in front of the government that our delegation and our leadership, like George, made the federal government, forced the federal government to have to understand. And they did understand it. And in my mind, it, it never would have been as good if it hadn't been for people like George. Well, Haley Barber, thank you so much for your time, man. And thanks for sort of um, putting a bow on this incredible tribute. And uh, we appreciate your leadership. Uh, have a good good day, my friend. Thank you, Ricky. You bet. Have a good day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Mississippi Media Production.